Hi there. Thank you for tuning in to the Father Seekers podcast. My name is Keith, and with me, as always, is Pastor Barry Edgman. Barry, how are you doing, sir? Hey, buddy. I'm doing great. Really good. Really, really good. Okay. If you've been tuned in the last few sessions here, uh, we've had a common theme with the with the last two shows. We're, we're, we're just kind of doing a bullet point list here. Today would be episode three in our series, and the series is five things good fathers do. Now, if you listen to the last two episodes, uh, varying points, but again, we, we highlight kind of one general theme and concept, a point off of this main point, which is five things good fathers do. Today, in episode three, we are talking about this. Jesus broke away from the crowds to spend time with his father. Again, I'll repeat that. Five things good fathers do. Number three, Jesus broke away from the crowds to spend time with his father. Barry, Mm. what's the insight on that statement? So one of the things about the whole original pattern is that Jesus is the perfect son. Like he had relationship with the father and, and you can't be a good father unless you're a good son. So that's, that's the optimal piece here that we're, we're working from. But Jesus always broke away from the crowds, the crowds being even his disciples, to get get a break and get some rest and to get clarity. But most importantly, to be alone with his father, to hear, to see, to learn, to to do and to say the things that his father would say to the to the crowds, to the people. But there was this other part that I believe Jesus being 100% human and 100% God had to, through his flesh, show an example for us to follow that we have to pull away. We have to have that time with our father to know him and to understand him. Now, if you grew up fatherless, then that that piece is not there. So then we have to figure out a way to move through that. We have to figure out a way to practice that. So the only way that we do that is to build and understand that relationship with God as Father. Okay, okay. The and and maybe quite frankly, out of the first three episodes, this being the third one of this series, uh, the five things good fathers do. This one might be an easier, I guess, the easier mm-hmm. example to do. So what I got from that is Jesus, who was essentially building the template to being not only a good human, but a good father, Mm. Um, building the template. He broke away to spend time with his father. Mm -hmm. What you just said, uh, and the first red mark that flashes in my head, what if you don't have a, what if you don't have an earthly Mm -hmm. father? And the takeaway I get is instead of breaking away to go see your earthly father, now you need to double down and be more intentful Mm -hmm. on spending time with your true father. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So Jesus actually is the perfect son. And for for us to be good fathers, we have to be a good son first. That's probably the missing piece. And that's the whole impetus behind this statement is this, that for us to be good sons, we have to have a father to have relationship with because of what fathers are intended to do. They're intended to teach us, to correct us, to build character, to show us how to build our band of brothers, to show us how to love people, treat women, treat our kids, to work hard. So if we don't have that, then we have to find that way to heal and to fill that breach. Part of that is 
to understand that God in heaven promised to be our father if we're fatherless. So now we jump to God and we have him one-on-one teach us how to be that. But Jesus showed how to be a good son. And this, Jesus broke away to spend time with his father so that he could learn his father, emulate his father, learn the skills. Jesus learned fathering skills from God the Father to be able to minister life to the people, to tell people about his father. How that translates is this. We have to be, as fatherless guys, willing to break down and humble ourselves to be a good son. Now, for me, I didn't want any man to tell me what to do. I didn't trust men in regard to being a father figure. There were men in my life that could have filled that role, but I didn't trust them, and I didn't want to hear anything from them because feeling abandoned, you feel like you're on your own, so you do your own thing. So we have to address that, and we have to say, look, again, I didn't create this situation, but I'm part of this situation. I'm yoked to fatherlessness, so that yoke has to be broken, and now I have to take on this new yoke where I'm bound to my heavenly father, and he teaches me how to be a good son. So then I can emulate what he's teaching me, father to son. I can emulate now I'm father to my son and to my daughter. So I emulate what he does. But Jesus was the model to show us how to be that good son. So as a, as a, as a listener, what do we do? What do we, how do we spend time with the heavenly father? What, what are some simple, simple steps we can take to become more in tune with what God wants you to do um, in your life as uh, not only a man, but as a father, how, how, where do we start? Like that's, that, that all sounds open and mm-hmm. well, sure. Easy for you. You, you're, you've been in this game for a minute. Mm-hmm. Talk to a person like me and the people listening that are like me that, what do we do? It's mm, a good question. So one of the things that we have to do as fatherless fathers is we have to recognize that we can't do it on our own. That's, that's first. Like we need, we need help to be a good father. Acknowledging that brings us to a place where we have to understand that there's a healing process going on. And with that healing process, it can't be done in public. That healing process is a one-on-one process. And for us to really understand what, what being, being fathered is about, we have to begin to be a student of God a student of how he fathered, how he led, how, how he and Jesus had a relationship. So how do, we, how do we actually apply those things? One of the things that I found helpful is that I will find something that Jesus did. For example, the scripture says in John, Jesus did only what he saw and heard his father doing. So I I have to realistically, I have to create space to learn about my heavenly father. 
then I can learn and I have that knowledge, but then I've got to trust that knowledge. And for, for me, as a fatherless guy, I have a horrible time trusting God. Not because he's untrustworthy, but because I have a problem with abandonment when my father promised he would never leave and he was gone just shortly thereafter. So in my mind, for years, it was, well, God's going to do the same thing. Yet at the same time, I was preaching the gospel for other people. It was good for them, but not good enough for me. So then I had to come to this place where I had to humble myself to a degree that not only did I give up the rights to control my fathering to my kids, but I gave up my right to be and to feel abandoned. I gave up my right to be satisfied with being a distant relationship, like God was a stepfather. He wasn't. He's not a stepfather. He's father. So we have to give. We have to give up that stuff and let it go, and start fresh. So. You didn't. You didn't say it like visibly out loud, but I guess a question I would have, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer it. So tell me if I'm if I'm answering it wrong. Um, so we need to make time to be with our father. Mm-hmm. We need to make time to be able to listen mm-hmm. to what the father's saying, and we need time to understand and study what the father did. Mm-hmm. So here's kind of the black and white for me, and tell me if I'm wrong. I sum that up as. A, to figure out what he did and how he did it, it's disclosed in the word. Mm -hmm. So I need to read the word. Mm -hmm. I need to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And my side point on that is, do I need to be pointed in any particular direction in it? I would say no. In my experience reading the Bible, if I have the, the, in this case, the blinders of the, if, if I'm looking for answers to business, if I'm looking for answers to being a husband, being a father, being a friend, being a disciple, discipling others, if I look towards the word with those glasses on, I always find the answer. The Bible is written in such a way that it answers all of your questions uh, purposefully, but also ambiguously. And they can be applied in, in, in multitude of situations. I open the book, I start reading, turns out 99.9% of the time I'm reading the exact passage I need to listen, read to on that day for that situation. So as a listener, if you want, if you want better advice, uh, fatherly advice, and you, you know, you're taking some of this insight and saying, well, yeah, I'd I'd like to give that a try. Open the book, Mm. open the book. I don't think you're going to have to look too long to get an answer there. Well, here's here's where I would start because God addresses fathers in in the in the Bible too with some incredible stories. So God is a father to fathers who had fathers, but they became a better father. Like I learned this from my father, earthly father, but now I'm learning how to really fine tune and correct that. Like here's just some FYI. If you take Google and you Google Say your favorite translation is the New Living Translation, and you Google that. 
The NLT. NLT. So again, I, I don't want to over talk people that maybe not even understood that sentence. The Bible is written in so many different translations, let's say, some of which are very difficult to read and some of which are incredibly easy to read, depending yeah. again on, on your vernacular and depending on your, uh, how good you can read, how much, uh, how many, how much, how many vocabulary words you have. Some are very difficult. Some are written for the period. And then mm -hmm. in time that it was translated and others are incredibly easy to write. Mm -hmm. uh, I just had a talk with, with, a with, a with a couple, um, just a couple weeks ago and, and the, the wife, she has a, had a very difficult time reading the Bible and she only, um, she only knew, and this is, you know, not a ha ha, but I, I also fear that other people only think this way, that there was only one version of the Bible to read. And so she had a very yeah. difficult time reading the new King yeah, James yeah, version of the yeah, Bible. And yeah. it is a difficult version yeah. to read. So as you said, Pastor Barry, there are, there are a lot of different versions, translations of mm -hmm. the Bible. Mm -hmm. The NLT is a very easy one. Easy. I personally read the NIV. I think, I feel like that gives me um, how I would naturally read a book. And I'm not a strong, I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't read fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And the NIV makes it so I can read a little bit quicker. So keep going on your statement. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, it's fine. But here's the way I would suggest if you're not a Bible reader or if you're a Bible reader, however, it doesn't matter. I would suggest you don't read it like you're like you have to. You read it like it's just a book of a, a, a book that's historically true, but it's got some great pieces in it. For example, if you take Google and you Google the word father, how many times is the, is the word father listed? In the Bible, and you begin to what are the verses where Father F A T H E R are listed? The word Father is listed nine hundred and seventy nine times. Fathers, like several fathers together, five hundred and thirty eight times. The word Fathers possessive, one hundred and forty eight times. Fatherless is mentioned forty three times, and Fathers again appears like fathers in heaven. Fathers appears 10 times. So there are literally probably almost 2,000 occurrences of the word father. Now you go to different translations and it's going to be different and those numbers would, would vary just a little. But the point is that you can read about how Abraham had, had relationship, a father-son relationship with God in heaven and understanding the way the Hebrews understood fatherhood. How, how Abraham responded to God. God told him something. There was no questions asked. He did it. Boom. And God taught him a tough lesson of obedience. So we have to understand, wait, there's a pattern there. When God tells me to do something, no matter how sacrificial it is, he has a plan not only to teach, to benefit, and to bless me, but he's teaching me obedience in that. That's something that I didn't learn from my earthly father. He didn't teach me obedience. In fact, he taught me disobedience by not being there. He taught me to be a rebel. He taught me to be hardcore and sharp and rough because he didn't teach me obedience. 
Now, if you look in our culture today, the teenage culture today, and junior high kids and even elementary kids, generally 75% of, of kid population today, kid being 18 to elementary, 75% of those kids are fatherless. Now, you tell me, and you don't have to look far to look at, at statistics, how fatherlessness, especially in particular cultures, but pick any one, it doesn't matter, how it is reflected in in history and in culture today. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if that was a direct question or if that was more, no, of, a, more of a pondering statement. It, no, <laughs> what, it, what it is is that we have to look, we have to... We have to trust what the Bible says. Whether you agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is, it's true. But even if you don't, there are stories in there that teach you how mm-hmm. to be a good father. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like my, my role uh, in the last few episodes here um, is kind of like the common person. Like, well, okay, okay, okay. So you said Abraham. And, and my, my brain immediately flicked like, so if, if you're listening, Abraham is in the Old Testament. You can start in the book of Genesis about a quarter of the way through, and you're going to be introduced to that character, mm-hmm. right? And I'll say, I'll say character, that person. I treat the Old Testament a lot like a history book. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the books were never really – I grew up uh, in, in Catholic Church. The books were never really described to me, I guess, as how – why they're placed where they are and what the theme and motive behind it is. The Old Testament for me, the best explanation I have gotten thus far in my life is that the Old Testament, if you read it like a history book, not necessarily, because I mean, when you read a history book in school, you don't say, nah, BS, I don't know about that, Mm -hmm. because you assume that it's, it happened, Mm -hmm. right? You can't, you can't, well, I don't know about that. That question doesn't really show up in social studies in school, right? Because your instructor or teacher will just be like, yeah, but it happened. So we can't really, this isn't really up to the debate at this point. I'm just telling you what happened. So I treat the Old Testament like reading a history book. Mm-hmm. I And, and it, it plays out like that. The books are written by a lot of different authors, a lot of which are co-currently, but in, in those, those first few books of the Bible, Genesis in particular, the first one, um, we get introduced to mankind's bloodline. Mm-hmm. And Abraham shows up pretty quick. So if you're interested in, in reading the, the, the lifeline of Abraham, uh, there are uh, great stories on being a father, in particular in Genesis and Exodus. Have a read at it and see. I, 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 as a as a as a thirty nine year old man, I can't tell you how few times someone didn't wasn't just black and white about it. Abraham, go to the Bible. Yeah, he's so, in the beginning. Read it like a history book. Yeah, don't debate whether this truly did happen or not, and just read it as it, it did. It's a lesson. So, and, and I would even suggest you just you just bump and go. You don't even have to read all of it, but I'm I'm saying, as you said, in the Old Testament, there is so many stories about about God and about His fatherhood. Like you can Google fatherhood of God, hundreds of of pieces. You 
and it refers to scripture. It refers to the stories. So if you don't want to read the Bible, just read those discourses that people have written about fatherhood of God. That's why Jesus, he pulled away so that he could understand about his father and learn about him. What we don't have as fatherless guys is there's a void in us. There's a there's no reference point of father. So we have to learn that task. We have to learn how to be a good son. We have to learn through obedience like Jesus learned through obedience to obey his heavenly father. We have to learn that same way. Through obedience, we believe and we learn sonship from God. And then we practice to our kids what we've seen our father do. What Jesus saw his father do, he did. What Jesus saw his father say, he said. That's what we have to do. We have to be sons who mimic and imitate what our father has said and done to us. Mm-hmm. The the first I, the first step I would say here is is read the word. the The word is it's alive. The word is never changing. The word is is fact. Mm-hmm. the The quicker you can agree to everything I just said in that last sentence, the more peace you're going to get from it. So the first thing we got to do, God is talking to us through the word. He gives you a blueprint mm-hmm. through the word. The, the, the statement that started the thesis of the show is Jesus broke away from the crowds to spend time with his father. Question one, how do I spend time with my father? Well, he's talking to you through the word. Mm-hmm. Ingest the word in your life. Mm-hmm. Make it daily. You can Google, show me passages that include father in the Bible. And like, like, like Barry said, there is a litter of passages to choose from. If you're looking for what is, what does the book have to say about fear? How many times does fear show up in the Bible? Mm-hmm. You will get the same. Mm-hmm. Apply the book to your life. And you also said in, in your intro statement, and we are, we are, we are getting close to time here. Mm-hmm. I also need to, to listen. I need to spend time with them. I need, I got meditation. So for me, in my, in my journey, I need to read the book because he's speaking to me through that. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to my father as a fatherless father. Mm-hmm. We need to, I, I need to run to, to the father and talk. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in to do that is prayer. I know there's a lot of people don't really even know how to pray. Mm-hmm. Prayer is just talking. Yeah. It's just talking. Yeah. That's it. It can be rambling. It can be shouting. It can be please. It can be, you know, today was all right. Yeah. Um, Hey, thanks for this. Uh, yeah. Hey, would it be cool if you gave me some information on this? Yeah. So prayer, uh, and if we we treat the relationship with our heavenly Father, a relationship has to be reciprocal, mm-hmm. right? You will talk, you will talk, you will talk, but then you have to listen for mm-hmm. the answer, and that's where the meditation comes yeah. in play. You have to spend equal amount of time praying, talking to God, as you do listening for the answer. Meditation for me is just me clearing my thoughts. And when I clear my thoughts, I get, I get either the Holy Spirit overwhelmingly tell me what to do for, for where I'm at in life, or I, I also get directed in that by reading the word. You know, I think just to seal it up for me on this, this one is we can reproduce on our kids what's in us now as fatherless men, or we can create a new legacy. Yeah. And to do that, we have to learn how to be a good father. First of all, you become a good son. And Jesus modeled that 
perfectly. You couldn't have said it any better. So, hey guys, in summary here, let's let's do it like this. In summary, Jesus broke away from the crowds to spend time with his father. The Bible tells you, and I only know this because I've read the Bible and I read the Bible every day. He did this by prayer. He went up on the mountains and meditated. He broke away from the crowds to listen to his, what his father had to say and also spew out what he had on his heart. So I take away from that is you need to read the word because first and foremost, you're going to get a blueprint right there. You need to make time to talk to God in prayer. Just talk, just talk, just say anything. And then you need to make time to listen for the answer in meditation. You do that. I promise you, you are so much further down the road to where you ultimately want to be, which is a, a good man and a good father. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Father Seekers podcast. Hey, we would appreciate it if you rated our podcast. I'll tell you what, the ratings, they help so much with, with getting our podcast exposed to other people. And if you like this podcast, share it with somebody. Man, if, if, if there's someone you think that could benefit from anything that we're saying, share it. Share it on your social media. Share it via text messages. Just tell some people about this. Our, our role here on this podcast is to build stronger men, build stronger fathers. So again, thank you for spending the time here today and listening to the Father's Secret Podcast. Again, thank you, Pastor Barry. Yes, sir. You gold nuggets left here, right and forward. Uh, mm -hmm. Next, the next episode, we will be talking the fourth point in the five things that good fathers do. And here's the thing. Jesus understood the will of his father and embraced it as his own life purpose. So join us again next time for another episode of the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Keith. Thanks for listening.